Hey, and welcome to the Neurodivergent Musician Podcast, where I explore the world of neurodiversity and musicianship. I'm your host, John Hart, along with Luna, my guitar, and today I'll be talking about anxiety. Each episode is broken up into a traffic format, where I'll share insights in the red section, improvised babble in the amber, and recommendations you might find handy in the green. Anxiety is a common experience for many people, but it can be especially challenging for those who are neurodivergent. Our brains are wired differently, and this can make it difficult to manage anxiety in the same way that neurotypical individuals might. So let's head on over to the red section for some insights. So what is anxiety? It's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. It can range from mild to severe and can affect every aspect of our lives, including our music careers. As a neurodivergent musician myself, I know firsthand how anxiety can impact my ability to perform, write music, and even communicate with other people in the industry. It can be incredibly isolating and overwhelming. But there are things we can do to manage our anxiety. Here are a few tips. First, identify your triggers. What situations or thoughts tend to make you feel anxious? Once you know what triggers your anxiety, you can start to develop strategies for managing it. Second, practice mindfulness. This can be as simple as taking a few deep breaths or focusing on a calming image. By bringing your attention to the present moment, you can reduce the impact of anxiety. Third, reach out for support. Talk to a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional about your anxiety. They can offer you support and guidance on how to manage your symptoms. And finally, fourth, create a self-care plan. This could just be a one-page document. This can include things like exercise, healthy eating, getting enough sleep, and taking breaks from social media or other stresses. Remember, it's important to be patient and compassionate with yourself as you navigate your anxiety. Recovery is not linear, and it's okay to have setbacks. So that is it for the insight section. I'm now gonna go into the amber section where I'm gonna go through some improvised babble. See you then. Okay, we're into the amber section. So anxiety, like RSD, like stress, like all of these other things I've mentioned in previous episodes, it's it's just, it feels like, especially for a lot of creatives, a lot of musicians, it's, it's part of our life. And again, if we've got that Venn diagram, then we've got us in the center, I feel like anxiety is another string to the bow that is just constantly there. This feeling of w- constant worry and nervousness. And... I used to have this, you know, I've I've had this my whole life, uh, which is probably why I've used other things, you know, drinking or, or, you know, mild drugs and and other stuff 
to try and sort of tame my anxiety before it gets into depression and then goes into other areas. But I think the sense of the the unknown, and I know we should not look into the future, but I think what worries us about, you know, whatever we're developing in the present is going to have effect on the future. And, or, you know, am I not able to achieve what I'm doing because there's things from the past? And most professionals, most therapists, counsellors or others will try and say to sort of stay in the present, appreciate the past, don't focus on the future. And that's fine for like 10 seconds and then it can then just go off in one. Um, but I th- sort of feel anxiety is that sort of nervousness. When, when we're doing a music, you know, a music degree, you're worried about your marks. You're, you're worried from school how you're going to, you know, how you're going to score against the system and how that's going to impact you. Am I good enough? Um, you know, am I just going to be a failure? And that self-doubt and self-criticism is always there. And I, I go to areas and I, you know, I could be in the most relaxed place ever. But my brain is going like the clappers. Like it's got 10, 15 channels going off at the same time. And I, I just can't rest. It's, and it gets heavier when you start to take other things on in your life. So for instance, I'm building up a music career, but then um, I have, you know, I have my wife, I have my children, I have, you know, daily life, I have, you know, my mental health, I have whatever it is, there's so many different balls. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably can relate. I think... You know, going through these points where it says identify your triggers. So there will be triggers where if RSD kicks in, rejection, criticism, that sort of sensitivity, then it can quickly bleed into anxiety. And then I'm sort of, I'm I'm shaking a little bit um, when I get that. Most of the time, actually, it's a physical pain. I get a physical pain in my left shoulder when something feels, like, uncomfortable. And uncomfortable can be a good thing. It just means, you know, you're going into something that's uncomfortable but actually could unlock me. And I'm, I'm all for that. But it's putting myself into situations where, you know, I'll go up to central London or something like that, and then the sensory overload is overwhelming and then the anxiety just flares up and I start to get hot I start to sweat I start to sort of come over a little bit dizzy uh, everything's a bit foggy um, I'm, uh, I'm starting to slur my words not feeling very articulate and this is the same in the social setting as well <laughs> sometimes bloody petrified if whatever is going to fly out of my mouth and meeting new people and things as well. And it's almost like I wish I carried my guitar around me all the time. So I'm like, this is, this is who I truly am sometimes because I can articulate, you know, on the guitar. 
how, you know, who I am. And they can, they can analyse the music, but obviously it's not verbal and they're not really getting to know me that well. But I do feel that um, when I start talking, it can, it can go around the houses. And I had a massive revelation this week about communication that has soothed my RSD and, and anxiety a little bit. And the way that works is I feel that I've got so many different thoughts going on. I can't, I can't figure out which, which channel I've got to turn on to give someone an answer. So say they, they ask me, how are you doing? I'm in, I'm in anxiety train going off on this route all around the houses to try and find the answer for them. And more often than not, I'm cut up, but I need to lift off all the rocks to, to, to reveal the answer. But there's not many people that allow you to do that unless you're in a professional setting or, or you've, you've put yourself into that place with those kind of people. But general people around you will want will not want to hear all your what I've been called jabbering and monologuing. So I I now see it as I've got to lift those thoughts verbally to get to the core source to give the answer to someone. I've got to go all around the houses to get to the answer because I can't process all my thoughts internally. I've got to do it externally. Now I understand that. That I mean, that doesn't cure the anxiety whatsoever because I still feel like, oh, uh, are they going to allow me to actually get to the answer? Am I going to be taking up 10 minutes of time, me talking, and they're not going to have any time at all? You know, I've had a few friends, or I know a few people who just talk, 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 and they've been there for hours and hours and they talk about themselves. And then as they're leaving, they'll be like, so how are you doing? And it's just like, that's not the person I would like to be. I don't want to be a person that comes across as just me, 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 me. And I think that's with social situations. It's like, how do I, I'm over, I'm over analyzing. I'm, I'm second guessing. I'm triple guessing every single thing I do and everything I say and ex exhausting. And that can be down to the people that you're with, but that's also self-doubt. It's self, you know, self-criticism. It's, it's the RSD, it's the anxiety all flowing around it. And sometimes I'm trying to figure out which one is going, which trigger is going off. Is it the RSD happening here? But is the RSD then sort of flown into the anxiety? Or are they just having, you know, are they just two guys in my head with pints of beer sitting in the pub talking to each other whilst I'm here downstairs going, ah. And I think anxiety, whether you are you know, teaching, whether you're on the road, whether you're doing session work, whether recording, writing, whatever it is, producing, anxiety can pop up in, in you know, so many different angles. And if I'm, on, obviously if I'm on tour, it's that sort of anxiety on the way to the gig, which if I've got nerves, I know I'm still in love with what I do. 
and I don't want them all to go. But but it can be it can be really damaging sometimes. If I'm in the studio and I'm not getting the right take, and I've done it over and over and over again, especially if I'm working with a producer, that can be really hard as well. You start then get inside your head. And you're not working on your strengths anymore. You're now trying to nail this one thing that is just eating you up. And then if you're songwriting and you hit writer's block, which a lot of us do. I think the pressure with writer's block comes into if you've got to write something for a deadline. So if you're writing for someone else and they try, they need to record that and they need to release that at this certain date, that, that is pressure and that's anxiety there. That can start to build. But when it comes to your own sort of personal songwriting, to be honest, I used to have anxiety and I think this is the first album. It's like the first single, first album. And I've got students who do, you can see they're getting really anxious because they've set themselves a deadline because they want to release this track. But the recording's not going as quick as they hoped and their, their momentum's not building as quick as they like. But what they should actually do is just like, no, we're not going to set a deadline for songwriting. Songwriting is pure. And this is kind of why I'm glad I don't have a record label. I'm glad I don't have management or all those things. Although I wish I had someone who could help guide me and gain me momentum. Um, I just don't need those deadlines for songwriting. Maybe I need the deadlines for recording and all this other stuff. That's fine. But for songwriting, it really, really needs to build authentically and naturally. When it comes to teaching... Of course, you you know, you can get anxiety if, you know, you've got a student who's just not that interested anymore and you're, you're trying every trick in the book, you're trying every way, every process, every, every method you can to try and install that fire, install that love for this instrument, but they're just not interested anymore and... You've got two sides of the coin of that. One, you don't want to fail as a guitar teacher or as, or as a tutor. And two, you know, you need to keep your business going. And if you lose a client, it, it, it can have a setback. So it can trigger all sorts of things personally because, you know, finances are attached to my family and so many other things. And I, I have anxiety with that as well, with music business. Oh my God goodness that's probably the main anxiety I get music business can eat me up now if music was just my hobby and I carried it on then I wouldn't have to worry about this but I converted it to a career and I have this doggedness this resilience this tenacity where I'm not just gonna let this sit it's like a sports star where they're like if other people are like, oh, this is not meant to be, maybe you should start doing this or doing this, it's just like, no, this is what I'm meant to be. This is why I'm supposed to be on this planet. I was handed this gift and I'm going to do the best I can with it. going to try and unlock whatever I can with it.
And for me, music's not just a hobby, it is a career. And then that wraps into business as well. But trying to make a living out of it, an authentic living, where I feel like I'm doing the things that really fit with my identity and it's earning me money, it's, it's a tough nut to crack. Because most of us musicians, you know, if, if we're earning money from certain areas, maybe, you know, if you start doing 30 hours a week of guitar teaching, that's, uh, you're saturated. So then you start having this anxiety of like, oh, am I doing the right thing? I'm not sure if this is right. Da, 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 da. And then you're in your own head. And then you take on another spinning plate like I did. You know, I started taking on weddings and events and things as well. And sometimes the music you're playing there, you're like, this doesn't fit with my identity, but it earns me money. And then you'll start doing a session and things as well. And I know it can be lucky to have a music career and doing something that you love. It doesn't come out of thin air. It needs to be built. But the anxiety, the stress along with it, just to make a basic salary. You know, I'm someone who jumps in, makes the mistakes, and then has to go back and redo. Whereas I know a lot of people who are planners. They'll make a plan, they'll make a plan, they'll make it perfect, make it perfect, but they're never action. They talk about it, talk, 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 or, you know, they're thinking about it, they're thinking about it, and they never do it. Whereas I think about it and then jump in, but I don't plan. And I've learned from that, you know, um, but that can create immense amount of anxiety at the same time. When money's not coming in, oh my goodness, you know, because I have a family, it everything stacks up. And then you get things like, I crashed my business in 2017 and then COVID comes along and then I had mental health recovery. You're like, shit, I've now got to build up this business somehow and I've got to try and make a living. And I've, there's, there's no shame in going to get another job that's, you know, nine to five or whatever it is. But in my mind... I could do that. And I have done that. I have gone into something completely different. But my mental health was suffering massively because I felt like a fish out of water or a square peg in a round hole. And then, and this has been a sort of a thing about my whole life, really, with music. I've tried other things, but I've, I've always boomeranged back to music. And this is where I'm like, right, no. Do you know what? Don't try other things anymore. It's just not going to work. You, you need to figure out this music career. You need to figure out this music business. It, there is something here that I'm not able to unlock. And I've got to do that. And I think that's the same with anxiety. Triggers some of the coping mechanisms that we can do. You know, meditation, yeah, it is. It can work sometimes. Depends on the day. But the problem is, is that if you've got... 30 channels going on at the same time in your head meditation sometimes can feel like another channel so you're kind of like in out in out shake it all about and it's not really sort of connecting
Okay, so that is it for my improvised babble. I'm now gonna go into the green section where I'm gonna make a recommendation. See you then. Okay, so we're back. We're now into the green section and I'm gonna make a recommendation. And for the last few months, I've been using an app called Tide, T-I-D-E. And you can go to, I think it's on, I think it's on all platforms, all phones, etc., etc. But the, the one thing I do find, now there, is, there are two apps. One app is called Insight Timer and you can go and get free meditations there. I use it for the children, I use it for, my wife uses it, I use it, and it has lots of stories, it has lots of meditation, uh, sort of, you know, vocal meditation, uh, music, all sorts of things on there. It is a brilliant app. But the one I'm really loving at the moment is Tide, T-I-D-E. And what I love about Tide is, for me, growing up on the Isle of Wight, uh, I was surrounded by beaches. And there's a, a particular beach called Compton Bay. And I, I did a guitar piece. So all those little sort of uh, guitar little interludes that you hear in between the sections. And I did, you know, in the highlights um, episodes, it's the, the guitar slightly different. So it's a different track. All of those are from my album annual. And on that annual album, there is uh, a track called Compton Bay. And sort of, I like to emulate that on the guitar of what that, you know, what that makes me feel. And obviously that can soothe my anxiety and other things. But what I like about the Tide app is you've got the sound of the sea, but it's continuous. There's no one talking all the time. There's not a timer that sort of stops it. There's no adverts. There's no interruptions. But you can go onto there and I put it on my noise cancelling headphones. So when I go on the train or I'm, you know, in a place that I feel is going to be sensory overload or social overload or wherever it is, I can take myself elsewhere, put this on, and I'm immediately transported to, for me, Compton Bay. Um, even though it's just, you just hear waves splashing and, you know, it's not birds or anything like that, it's just the waves. But I, it also has nature, so you can go into the middle of a forest, you can have a campfire, you can have all these other things. But I think just having something like that, really, it's like white noise. Apparently white noise is amazing for neurodivergence, maybe with ADHD and things as well. It probably feels like the, the TV set, the channel, um, but it cuts through and it helps to sort of allow that stereo sound to become more mono. But what I like about Tide is just the waves and the sea to me is from an outsider, out from an outside point of view, is is calm. You can just get this calmness. You can see the ripples, you can see the reflections, you can see the colours and but obviously when you're in it, it can be chaos, you know, you can see the, the waves crashing against each other, the so the sea really does feel like it sums me up and it sums up a lot of people. And if you're a neurodivergent, it could, you know, you could 
have a familiarity with it. Um, so when I go and listen to something like Tide, it, it's not just about listening to the sea, it's where it teleports me and it's how it makes me feel. And it's just so, something so simple because it's just there and it's continuous. And, you know, you can be in a boring place like a train station and you could listen to those sounds if you want to, or you could just teleport yourself to another place, which is like the sea. And I, I do miss my hometown. You know, I, I grew up in Carisbrook, um, and it's a wonderful village. And you're only 20, 30 minutes away from the sea. Um, and I go back there twice a year, and I'll be able to sort of experience it. But I need those other things to feel like it feels like home, those home comforts. So, yeah, that is my recommendation uh, for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please let me know, you know, pop me an email or go to socials or, you know, please let me know what you think of this episode and podcast. You can head to my website for the contact page. You can go to my socials. It's all John Hart music. And I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Take care.